0: Good evening, everybody. While well, I'm sat around my kitchen table in Corn with two of my cohorts from Van en Vacances and one mystery contributor who will be chipping in from time to time but wishes to remain nameless. So, um, let me first introduce Wendy Gedney from Van en Vacances. Hello! We're owner of the business that both Marcel and I work for. Marcel, you already know from the podcast about Domaine La Louvière. He's coming to uh, to um, further our our discussion on white grapes in France, vinification processes, uh, what we can expect from from the wines that we've got in front of us. And today, what we're going to do is three theoretically three dry wines. We've got a um, a Grand Cru Alsace Pinot Gris from Kunstbass, We've got a Viognier from uh, Jaboulet Né in Thén-Armitage, and we have an oaked Chardonnay from Château, sorry, Domaine Gorgasaud here in the Minervois. We're going to finish up with a Spatlese Riesling, but that's um, a little ways down the line. So. First of all, we are going to try the wines. Then we're going to talk about a little bit the um, style that we expect from them, depending upon where they're grown and the vinification of um, of each of these wines, because they're all a little bit different. So forgive us, because we're going to be doing a little bit of uh, a little bit of slurping
1: here as well, and glasses.
0: and ch- <laughs> chinking your glasses. So first of all, cheers! Thank you very much for coming. Cheers! Cheers! cheers. cheers. Cheers to the <laughs> So, first wine up is the Kunstbass Grand Cru Pinot Gris. This wine has got quite a lot of development on it. It's a 2013 um, vintage. So, it's got quite a pronounced nose, and I would say it's already pretty much there in terms of development on the nose. Yeah. It's, it's got really.
2: very strong legs. Yep. I would say from the nose and the legs that... I think there's gonna be some residual sugar from the colour as well. Yeah. Um, and as we said earlier, Alsace hides that sometimes. You, you you think you're buying a dry wine, you have to be really careful. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Perhaps not.
0: It's, um, it's definitely got some great concentration though, and, and bags and bags of tertiary. Mm. So on the palette, 100%, this has got some RS, I would say. And definitely, it, absolutely, it's definitely off dry.
1: I love the oily nose of this. Here, mm-hmm. yes. really know where you are. Huh? Absolutely, it's
0: one. it's almost it's almost beyond. Um, m- you can't hardly mistake this. Mm. It's not got the. Um, it's not got the sort of uh, lychee, rose, honeysuckle of Gewurztraminer. No, definitely but not. But it's but it's absolutely got packed concentration. I would say of fruit.
2: Yeah. I think it could also fool you into thinking. If you were told it was an Alsace, it it has some relationship to riesling, because it, yeah. it really is coming across as very appley and peachy and really great acidity,
0: beautiful acidity, yep. and
2: it could really fool you. Yep. If, if someone said to you great, go, this is a great wine from the Alsace, you might think, oh, you know, I don't think you'd jump to Pinot Gris.
0: No, it's it has got that lime mm. zest to it as well. It's still making my mouth it's still making my mouth water actually.
1: And You get fooled by the age, I think too, yeah, tasting this. <laughs>
0: Yes, it's I think you could. It's mention
1: yeah. if it's very mature or is mm. it young or...
2: Yeah, yeah no, it's definitely. Mm. I, I really love that quite nervy acidity, that lovely dry finish. You know it's got residual sugar when it goes in your mouth. Yeah. And then it baffles you with a dry finish. Yeah. But that's the acidity, of course. Ah, it's, it's,
0: it's absolutely a gem in terms of balance, I think.
1: And wine and food wine. Uh, for this sure, is really for sure. Nice poultry or uh, guinea fowl. Get whatever. me
0: some shoe Yeah. Ooh. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Get yeah. me some shoe croup right now. I could certainly go for that.
2: I I'd, I'd, I'd love it with some um Mhm. Yeah.
0: Um, guinea fowl would be great. Guinea fowl
2: would be really lovely, yeah. and I'd really like it with some cheese, like a nutty cheese. Yeah, a yeah. Comte. Yeah, yeah, that would be delicious. Yeah, really
0: I think um it's really important because just to mention this because I think Pinot Gris. Pinot Grigio, um, on a on a sort of global scale, often gets a really bad rap because there's so much planted in volume in mm. in Northern Italy yeah. that isn't particularly good, and it's not concentrated, and it's not got this this beautiful. This wine has really got a textural component to it as well, and that. The wine's from, the Pinot Grigio's from Northern Italy. I mean, there are some excellent examples in places like Trentino Adige and yeah. um, um, Alto Adige. But this has got nothing to do with
2: that, has it?
1: No, no,
2: no, Absolutely not. And I think we also have to take into account the Gris aspect. Mm-hmm. Because I think for a long, long time, people just thought, well, its name was Grey. Goodness knows why. And I think whenever you taste a Gris grape, as opposed to the Blanc version, like Sauvignon Gris, is mm-hmm. to die for. Grenache gris is to die for you know um i think when you taste the gris versions of the grapes you get much more concentration it's a sort of halfway house between the red and a white in terms of um, the concentration of the flavor yeah and that's what's coming through with this
0: but this has got the whole range for me i'm 100 uh, percent. you get the, the mouth-watering citrus but it almost jumps from that it almost bypasses stone fruit and it goes to sort of towards a roasted pineapple Well oh, definitely and it's got a honeyed note yeah. which i think
2: is part, partly this residual sugar yeah uh, and partly the bit of development that it's got yeah. on it
0: to on it um yeah.
1: Absolutely, pineapple for sure. You know, grilled pineapple. I'm yeah. from the time we called this toque pinot gris. Yeah. I think that's Oh, Marcel, you're we showing your age. <laughs> yes, also. But we are in Alsace. Right? Yeah. It's not like yeah. any other area. It's where a really you can good point. This. Yeah. Really
0: good point. Do you want to tell everybody why they can't call it toque ah. pinot gris?
1: I think legislation about the toque is from Hungary. Hungary, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it confusing. With well, yeah it's confusing. Spoilt all their
2: fun. yes, it's a pity, but I think it 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 was confusing for people, yeah. so yeah. they had to do it probably.
0: So, in terms of the vinification for this wine, would we all would we all say probably? I mean, it's twenty thirteen, so it's seven years old, but mm. it's aromatic, but not super aromatic not like a gewurz for example mm-hmm. but i think it would probably have still had a cool cool temperature ferment and probably sometime because it's a grand crew probably sometime um in large casks neutral Definitely. neutral casks yeah,
1: classic signification mm. for that area yeah exactly yeah. it's not like clean clean fruity no. style only yeah no. Very, no. No. which is why it's so in delicious
2: minutes. and interesting yeah i think sometimes they're too clean
0: Oh dear, have we ruined ourselves on the very first wine? Possibly. No, no, we (laughs) haven't. We haven't. We can come back to it. We will come back to it. (laughs) Stay (laughs) there, stay there, my pretty. Don't go very, don't go far away. The bad news is I have only got one bottle of that, but I have got other bottles of other things. So, um, wine number two comes from Tain Hermitage, and it's uh, 100% Viognier from Paul Jaboulayenet, Um, It's a 2016 uh, vintage, and the wine is called Secret de Famille, Family Secret, which sounds rather rather ominous. Uh, It has, what does it say on the back? Yeah, the usual, I have to say, slightly disappointingly, the usual blurb that you get from Viognier, which Mm. says um, seductive, exotic, um, white flower aromas, great accompaniment for... um, fruit de Mer or equally for um, Asian dishes hmm. uh, or even serve as an aperitif. I think this would be tra- a travesty to serve this as an aperitif personally. Um, interestingly, interestingly, though, and I just want to make this point, uh, the optimal service temperature for this wine, they've marked at 13 degrees C, mm-hmm. oh. which for a wine of uh, I'm expecting the body of this wine to be quite big. Yes. Yeah. Um, Purely because just looking at it in the glass, from the colour of it, it looks to have, even though it's a 16, it looks to be fairly well developed. Mm -hmm. Um, So I go, oh, well, maybe that's okay, 13 Yeah, I think 13,
2: 14 even.
0: Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So um, in terms of the aromas, I think this has had a little wood. Definitely. And I think it's also had some lees because I'm getting that sort of pastry pastry dough smell mm. about a yeah. yeah. bit
1: yeah. yeah like a brioche type and, it, oh, it, and it, brioche is, is a that? great descriptor yeah. yeah
2: absolutely and it's not the floral little flouncy viognier at all it's it's got a bit more to say about itself from the nose
0: it does i mean i always um i always tell this story when we go to um when we when we do the tastings at um Sanke Set, there you go. Quick shout out to uh, to Greg and Alex at Sanke Set. We do a, a wine tasting for for those guys, and there was a Viognier on the mm. list last year. I'm not sure if it's if it's made a return this year or not. Um, but when asked to describe, you know, Viognier, I always say that Viognier is a grape. It's it's definitely a girl grape, and it absolutely 100 depend 100% depends on the winemaker, you have to pretend that they're the boyfriend. And if the boyfriend doesn't treat her very nicely and doesn't look after her and doesn't pay attention to her, she will turn into the wine if it was a person. She will be the girl that sat on the piano singing show tunes with her skirt tucked (laughs) tucked in her knickers by 8pm. Whereas if the winemaker has paid a lot of attention to her and treated her very nicely she'll be the girl in the little black dress that all the men want to talk to. And I think that this is is erring towards that style rather than the blousy, over-the-top, sort of super-aromatic, you know, up-in-your-face kind of Viognier. I think it's quite a restrained example. But
2: I think it's because it comes from its home, um, the Northern Rhone. Um, And uh, with Viognier, it's got such... It's so terroir-dependent of what you're going to get. You can't say, oh, I like Viognier, oh, I don't like Viognier. It's too broad a subject, such as Chardonnay's too broad a subject. Absolutely. Um, and they're really terroir-dependent. And there's a real narrow opportunity of when to pick, pick. it right. Yeah. <laughs> and if you pick it too soon, it's very, very green. And you pick it too late, and it's very flabby and blousy. And in the Northern Rhone, they have the right... Terroir to mm-hmm. be able to pick it um, optimally. Oh op- yes, that, when you haven't got that greenness, and I can't smell any green on this.
0: No, no. I don't think there's any. Do you know herbaceous for me? Do you get any?
1: No, for me it smells a bit like a church, like uh, incense. You know, uh, there's oh. a flinty, flinty note to it, or a, kind of a wet stone. Oh, like lid? an incense yeah, stick. Yeah, it's incense. Yeah, for me.
2: Well, it's definitely aromatic. I, I'm not getting quite that much those aromas, but. Um, for me, you know, the typical that you'd expect to get the dried apricot is there. Marzipan, marzipan a bit, yeah. definitely, definitely a yeah. uh, bit windy. floral.
1: I think uh, Jaboulet wants to make a big wine here, a bit not too light styled, fruity style. No, they want to make a. It's a serious one. They're chasing Condeur.
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah,
2: that's what this is doing. Yeah. yeah. It's trying to be a little bit like a chondria,
1: <clears throat> yeah. really dry, yes. yep. with good shoulders but less complexity perhaps. Yeah? yes it, it's, a, it's a, bit... a little bit
0: more simple, isn't it? It's got less fruit concentration <laughs> for me than chondria, but it's still mm. it's it's mm. I think when you so we we were, when we were sort of prepping for for today we were we, we were asked a really good question and that's are we going to talk about price and and this is, seems to be the absolutely optimal point actually to talk about price because if you buy chondria i mean forget griet we're not talking about la la land but if you if you buy a really really excellent quality chondria from i don't know someone like pierre Gaillard or or, you know a really solid example of chondria Mm -hmm. you're probably looking at around 40 to 45 euros and up oh definitely and this was a third of that price Mm. And i'm not saying it's a third as good, nor am I saying it, it it's as good, but if you're looking for something that's going towards that style, mm-hmm. but you don't want to pay a mm-hmm. lot of top dollar, top yeah, dollar yeah. I think this is a really fine example of what, what- what Viognier is capable of doing when it's planted in its natural natural mm. home i just feel it lacks a bit of fruit it does it's not it's not got great fruit, fruit, fruit concentration
2: maybe it when, if we would drank it a year ago it might have been better maybe that's what's happening yeah, perhaps
0: i mean it's definitely i, I definitely see what you're saying because with the whole marzipan and the mm. dried apricot, the acricot, nose had it but, the, but palettes the palette's lost it a little bit mm-hmm. so perhaps it's a, d- a little bit dusty on the palate, a little bit a little yeah bit maybe a little bit too
2: because it does look quite developed in the color in the glass yeah i mean i actually think though Give it some food with salt in it and that fruit will come forward. Yeah,
0: absolutely. If you have something with... Um, yeah, well, salt as a flavour enhancer. Is, it's always mm. a good bet if you've got something that's a bit light on the fruit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a trick up your sleeve. It is, one. yeah. <laughs> yes, but um,
2: I like it. I like the freshness. I like the... Um, it sort of seems very... Uh, reliable and stable sort of wine, you know, that you could bring out and people would like. But I don't think... The people who drink the Swimming Pool viogniers would detest it.
0: Well, yes, it's not It's not um, fruit salad enough, no, is it? No, not at all. It's not fruit no. salad You enough. wouldn't drink this round of Swimming Pool. No. Interestingly, I've just done a quick check on the alcohol. It's 13%, so it sits sort of slap bang in the middle of yeah. medium, which... It's an interesting one for, for us sat around this table f- because we are capable and often taste viognes that are are punchier than that in terms of alcohol. Definitely, from down here
2: in the south. Yeah. for sure. But then I think that sometimes they then become very sort of overblown and fat. Yeah, uh, and and the alcohol shouting too much. They're
1: but not, the, this is still got... not usually more resiny than this. I thought
0: was quite arisen, can, it can be, mm. but mm, yeah. you norm, normally associate that more with the I, with the first one. I think one.
2: maybe also you're tasting them from Longadot where they very rarely go through malolactic. Yeah. And this has been through malolactic. You've got that softer, creamier note, yeah, which a lot of people would be scared to do with the, with the acidity. But actually it's enhanced the... Uh, complexity of
0: yeah i agree so on the subject of of malolactic mm. can we can we talk about that for a moment
1: <laughs> yeah well do we taste a feminine touch here in the cellar you think or not uh,
0: possibly i think yeah, yeah
1: because the uh, winemaker now is Caroline frey she ah. She also has a chateau in Bordeaux, so I feel sorry for her. (laughs) (coughs) And I think the style is changing since she took over the line-making process. Did you just look that up? No, no. While I checked her name,
2: (laughs) (coughs) and um, so. Uh, so we wanted to talk about malolactic. Then.
1: Okay.
0: So is no, she a fan no. of malolactic? Or is she a, Do we know... I don't have We don't that know knowledge. much about I her. No, yeah. no, not... No. Uh, no. Yet, no. So, so let's just, let's just top-line um, mallow. Yeah. So although we call it malolactic fermentation, not technically a fermentation, more a conversion... Yeah, but it behaves like, it a, behaves fermentation. like a fermentation. Behaves yeah. like fermentation. So what we're doing is we're taking... Um, typically wines from cooler climates that have got very high levels of malic acid, so like tart acid, apple acid, acid, green apple. And in order to tame that, we convert it into lactic acid, which is the same acid as we find in yoghurt and cheese, so kind of creamy acid. So when you're in the South, when you've got lots and lots of potential sugar... You don't really want to put your wines through mallow necessarily because you might lose some of the acidity freshness. that's giving the balance yeah. to the freshness and the, yeah. the body and the alcohol. So wines from cooler climates sometimes, most often do. Like Loire wines often go through mallow. Um, but wines from warmer climates don't always do it. And mm. and I would say Northern Rhone, you're kind of On the border borderline, the borderline as to whether or not you do so it's a winemaker choice it's a stylistic choice for that wine
2: and there's a lot of winemakers down here in the south who don't want to do that mallow but i very interestingly went to a tasting with andrew jefford of south of france wines and nearly uh, he was saying it was carignan blanc and mm-hmm. uh, which is high acidity mm-hmm. and he was saying they should have put it through mallow in his opinion and everybody there was only 12 of us there there was 11 people against one <laughs> um what what is he talking about really, well, of course yeah. i mean he's god as far as i'm concerned and so he he doesn't believe what people say think, yeah, uh, yeah. no I he feel doesn't feel, yeah, yeah. he actually believes that some malady even if it's a partial malady like you put half of it through
0: and half of it not and then do a blend <laughs> that's becoming a really big trend is partial mallow mm. um <clears throat> I think it can really help with balance. Yes, exactly. I think it can exactly. really help balance, and
2: yes. also with longevity. He was saying that the development is different when you've had the well. The
0: longer, that. the longer you can leave on leaves, yeah. the better protection you have from um, well from oxidation.
2: Yes, there's that as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um,
1: is it a risk for winemakers to wait? for for a mellow
0: lactic or not. I think it depends on the on on the wine that they're making. If it's if
1: it's a white wine Because it occurs at certain temperatures too, so
0: Well you don't want it to happen
2: during the alcohol fermentation. No, no. That's so, one one thing. Certainly for sure. not for whites you don't. Not for whites it can go through
0: so, so. on reds. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. can go through yeah. simultaneously uh, on yeah. reds. But. I remember going to
2: Bordeaux once and it was uh July I think And I walked into the cellar, and it was boiling hot. And I looked around, and I thought, what on earth's going on here? And they said, well, we want to bottle, but it hasn't done its mallow yet.
0: So they were almost forcing it through. So
2: they were forcing it. They were warming, because, of course, it's done by bacteria. Yeah. And so the warmer it was, the more the bacteria could get going. And uh, so, yeah, so it it is essential for reds. Yeah, yeah. not so essential for whites and i love the the story about that you know 60 years ago they didn't know what it was about mm. and so typically chablis never went through malolactic well it didn't do this magic that occurred if you open the barn doors in the spring and the warmth came in and the wines changed as if by magic which is what was happening in merceau and yeah. you know and wasn't happening in in chablis and it was the temperature yeah. you know and that is why a chablis is you know, one of the main reasons why Chablis is much more crisp, mm-hmm. because they don't, they suppress the malo. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Oh, it's fascinating. It all did. All the choices that the winemaker has at their disposal. But mm. now that, I mean, I I know this is slightly um, the power of suggestion, but I, mm-hmm. I, I do think actually this wine has got quite a feminine flair to it.
2: Mm. Yeah, I agree. And it's changing in the glass quite a lot. Too. Yeah, mm. yeah.
1: So
2: you like this because
1: you're not a Viognier fan, are you? No, this is nearer. Southern Viogniers,
2: you know. I, yeah, I don't like them too too fruity. I know I said there wasn't a lot of fruit in this one, but sometimes they're just like drinking peach juice, and I cannot bear that. I want a glass of wine to taste of wine, mm. not a glass of fruit.
0: Yeah, they do. They do have that unfortunate <clears throat> tendency to be a little bit like, um, you know, like tinned
2: fruit salad. Absolutely, it's almost yeah. like the juice that you put, like the, the syrup of
1: the yeah. yeah. fruit
0: salad. If you're not, if you're not Depending. super careful with it, Viognier yeah. is very
1: tricky. Huh? if you yeah. like it or not, it's a really <clears throat> very thin line where you cross. Mm. You
0: well, like it, it is a one. thin line, yeah. but yeah. it's one of those. It's a little bit like so when you and I were talking the other week about Chardonnay and how um, it's so much to do with geography and winemaker choice. Mm. as to what you do with Chardonnay and Mm. you know either you do the like the Chablis style Mm. um, Mm. racy acidity and like biting into a Granny Smith apple and Mm -hmm. it being really kind of clean and fresh or you go for some you know big juicy Merceau or Chassin Moirachet or Pruny Moirachet where there's been an awful lot of winemaking technique applied to it Um, I think Viognier Mm. has, has a similar capability and I think it's because of its affinity with oak that we see these very different styles. Mm. Either, mm. Um, you know, the very cool ferment, keeping all those sort of tropical, um, juicy fruit flavours, and then like this, which is much leaner.
2: Yeah, you see, and I don't think this was fermented at really cold, cold temperatures because no. it isn't, hasn't got that tropical fruit, which no. is the stuff I really don't like. I mean, you can make a Marlborough Sauvignon Blanc in France mm-hmm. if you use a very low temperature.
1: Temperature.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think it's lovely, actually. I'm getting to like it even more. I'm
0: making friends with it,
2: yeah. But, no, um, with the temperature
1: it. consult was very good to serve it at a bit higher.
0: Yeah, it. I agree. I think as it's yeah. getting a
2: little yeah. bit warmer, yeah. it's yeah. actually yeah. tasting yeah. even yeah. better. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, no, I like it, and I would like that with dinner. And although I usually refuse a viognier, very rarely do I refuse a Northern Rhone viognier.
0: Well, I'm kind of hoping that it actually, <laughs> I'm kind of hoping that what I'm cooking tonight will will be able to go, oh, I quite like that, mm. this. Oh, I quite mm. like, oh, I don't know what my favourite is anymore because we're having roast monkfish. Oh, we're not having prawns. No, we're having roast monkfish. Right? I was thinking to myself, is this really going to go with the prawns? No, <laughs> it's, it's not. When I decided on the wines we am going to drink tonight, I thought, no, I can't do shellfish. It's going to be roast loin of, cod fi- of, oh, um, sounds, of monkfish sounds great. wrapped in bacon and with um, a vanilla cream. Yes, well, I'll, I'll keep the Viognier then, please. There we go. <laughs> and the vanilla cream was uh, it was really the inspiration for the third wine. Yeah, oh, well, maybe I should I have the see third that.
2: one in it. Let's see.
0: Okay, so the third wine is from Domaine Gorgazode, which is... Well, if he had a decent uh, throwing throwing arm, you could almost hit it from here. Yeah. It's um, <laughs> <laughs> next-door neighbours, virtually. So uh, in the Minervois, actually located within the Crew of La Livignere, but of course the Crew of La Livignere doesn't cover whites. So this is just uh, the Domaine uh, wine, and this is the one that they <coughs> have aged in. Oak barrels, and if you go to Domaine Gorgazade isn't it lovely to be able to talk about places that you've actually go yeah. to? So you you go down this incredibly steep narrow staircase, and I'm always in fear of taking people down there because yeah. because it's yeah. um, it's gorgeous, but you know I always have a terrible fear that someone's going to fall. Th-
2: there's a rear entrance, Kate. You go round the back and you walk straight <laughs> in. <laughs> Surprise.
0: Okay. It would be a surprise if someone <laughs> took me around the rear entrance. Yeah, I know. It?
2: I know. If anybody knows Gorgonzola, they'll yep. be shouting at us. It's called Chateau. Well, it is, it is. But the reason this wine is called Domaine is because it's not an Appalachian and you cannot use the word Chateau for a wine that's an IGP. There we go.
0: <laughs> Bosh. <laughs> didn't.
1: Didn't. Nailed
0: it. Didn't even need to. Oh, okay, hello. Someone's phone's ringing. Didn't even need to prompt Wendy to explain what the difference was between Chateau and Tyne. You get it all
1: for free here. Absolutely.
0: So this is an IGP Pay doc. Um, 100% Chardonnay, aged in barrel, and I'm just checking the vintage, but I suspect it is... Oh, it's 2018. So that's got a year and a bit on it. But here's the big difference between... um, what you do when you do a little bit of restraint with your picking dates and your climate versus the capability of the south so do you remember what i said the viognier was in terms of the AB, abv in terms of the alcohol oh 13, 13. 13. a very restrained 13 percent. get ready folks 14 and a half yeah, yeah. Mm. right let's get our noses in okay
2: well, it, it's that sort of um, fruit salad that comes out flying out of the glass for me. Yeah, it's the peach it's a bowl nectarine. Of
0: fruit. It's peach nectarine and apricots, isn't it?
2: Definitely, wrapped in a bit of vanilla, and
0: I think there's some tropical fruit there too. Yeah. And well, in fact, there's the whole lot. Um, and perhaps we ought to perhaps we ought to explain because we've had wines that have got. Secondary characters. We've had wines that have got tertiary characters, and here we've got primary. primary. For sure. So when we talk about what what we find in wines, when we talk about primary primary characteristic, oh, characteristics, characteristics. So, thank you, Wendy. <laughs> Two small sips and I've lost it. So primary characteristics are essentially um, fruit and flowers, and it's what happens during fermentation. And this is a good job we're not on video because Wendy's just made a face. <laughs> <laughs> um secondary is, is 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 basically human intervention on the fermentation uh, or post-fermentation and tertiary is what happens with bottle age in time so here what we've basically got is super 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 ripe ripe fruit that's been fermented at cold temperature or cool temperatures i would say probably about i don't know no more than about 15 degrees God, so it's kind of just accentuated all of that fruit and then it's just been whacked in a barrel for a bit (laughs) nicely
2: whacked nicely whacked Uh, been well whacked um it isn't i I think it is barrel not chips yeah i
0: think it's barrel it's it's fairly well integrated yeah yeah um and it's certainly not unpleasant in any way shape or form but compared to the other two it's just wildly different
1: for me it's an example how you can taste difference between wines which are barrel fermented or barrel aged. This okay. is barrel aged. And you have right. very clean, stainless steel, fruity mm. character from the Chardonnay grape. Right. Yep. And then you have all the oaky aromas. Yeah. Okay. And they just are next to each other, you know. For me, yeah. it's not so integrated. Okay. I,
0: agree. Okay. I agree. On the palate, I have <coughs> to And if
1: you so. ferment Chardonnay on oak, it's very it's integrated. It's yeah. very light and refined. And sometimes and you don't even know the oaks no. there. Yeah. And here it's... Uh, yeah. Yeah. it's a, it's a little... in the face <laughs> uh, aroma a bit yeah
0: yeah i think i think for me it's... a lot of
1: people like that eh? it's not a negative. no, no Ooh, it's, it's not you, like yeah, 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 yeah. you
0: know it's a stylistic choice <clears throat> most definitely it's not my style but there's nothing wrong with the wine <clears throat> no as the wine is absolutely <clears> throat> clean throat> it's <clears throat> very tasty but um i can also feel the alcohol you a little can bit here a little. yeah it's okay. not um it's not perhaps as as, as as gently integrated as it no. maybe could be. But the Chardonnay at 14.5%, I mean, what the hell can you do? I know, I know. I, I
2: think you just don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the I'm right sorry, answer. It's so right out, well, for me, for me, you know, it's its the marriage of terroir and grape variety that makes a successful wine. Oh, yeah. And you can make a successful Chardonnay in the South France. We're not saying you can't. Oh, but I think but I, uh, there are places where you can find the right... Terroir, but I think sometimes people are making it because it'll sell because it's got the word Chardonnay on it, Mm -hmm. and unfortunately they shouldn't. They should be doing
0: something that their terroir prefers. Okay, so from a winemaker perspective, let's let's take off our our personal preference and let's take off our commercial preference. From a winemaker point of view, what can you do in terms of what your choices to potentially reduce that alcohol i mean you could pick a little bit earlier yes but you wouldn't have mature flavor you could pick across
2: different plots perhaps you've got cooler plots and warmer plots that's a really great idea the, the the guy you were talking about last week at louvier mm-hmm. he does a bit of that yeah, he yeah. i think with his sauvignon in particular actually he picks half of it or some of it
1: and um, then it's for a week green a, yeah
2: to um, so keep the yep. acidity, yep. and then he picks the rest when it's got mature flavour, and so he's lost acidity, but it doesn't matter because he's got, got it with the first
0: pick. Okay, so mm. there, there is there is potential here for blending yeah. across plots. Across yeah. pl- what's the matter with my tongue? Why can't I speak across plots across pick times? Mm. Um, across aspect, because mm. I'm guessing you know if you're full south, obviously you're going to mm. get huge alcohol. Yeah. But if you've got I don't know potentially north facing slopes, they're
1: less ripe. Um, mm. Well, La Vignère isn't it. Quite it's very flat. difficult. Well, <laughs> yeah, it is it's quite, quite
2: flat. Well, it's quite flat. itself isn't flat. It's actually it's, well, it's the are, cause where they yeah. are. Yes, maybe where yeah. their Chardonnay is. Yeah. But the actual yeah, Lalluvinier yeah. is known yeah. for yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. its hills so what and do you its surface. Um I think it's just overripe. Myself, yeah. I feel it's overripe. That's why the alcohol's there and the fruit is so overblown. If you, mm.
0: if, you if you if you try to f- profile the flavors in the wine there 's not an awful lot in what I would call the 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 high end primary, so apple pear, citrus mm. lime, lemon, grapefruit, that kind of thing there 's an awful lot in the stone fruit range like mm. peach ap- apricot nectarine, mm. and there 's quite a lot in the tropical fruit, like mm. in the sort of mango um, but, but that back. is so
2: typical of Chardonnay that 's what Chardonnay does, which so which makes again a nonsense when someone says, "Oh, I don't like Chardonnay," because, well, you know, a Chablis doesn't have any of those.
0: Yeah, um, you know,
2: it's contrary. Tropical
0: it's con, it's contrary. You know, Chardonnay. Everything depends on where it's grown and and how it's treated and and what's Same done to Same as Viognier. It. Mm-hmm. Same yeah. as
2: everything, really. Yeah. You know, I've always said to people, stop buying wine by grape variety. You don't know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Buy
0: it by climate. Then yeah. you've got a lot better idea. Yeah. Marcel, could you do me a favour? There's a box behind you by my kettle. A box. Um, and I stupidly forgot to put them out because we have got a fourth wine <gasps> to try. Um, and the fourth wine. And that here it is. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Swanky. We even got proper ISO glasses for this one. So, so
1: if, you, if you kept this, would you lose the fruit? Would you get more acid? Yeah. There's. With? There's no.
0: There's no. Okay. So. That's a really fair question it is, is, is very this good question. is this wine capable of aging and I think the answer the answer is it probably could but why would you I think you need
2: to analyze the acidity what does the panel think the acidity is on this oh, I would no. say it's because probably. it's the acidity that's going to tell you if this wine's going to develop
1: <laughs> I think the acidity is quite high and a bit harsh too
2: and it's because it's been acidified yeah. can you taste it's that It's too much yeah like lemon, false acid, lemon, it's like lemon, lemon, oh, Can you get like like false acid? Well, that's because at this ripeness level, where we're bound not to be much acid left.
1: For that? me, a chardonnay always <clears throat> relies on a bit of body. And... Yeah. Not from yes. the wood, but from the wine part. Yeah. Let's say yeah. concentration. Right. Let's say or yield or things yeah. like that. I and would I say think you lack that a little bit here. It's a bit thin. I would. I would say this. It's it strangely
2: it a thin because actually the alcohol and the amount of fruit points towards full-bodied. Yeah. So it's strangely thin, and I think it's because it's been acidified mm. in this way.
0: Yeah. I um actually when you when you tip your head forward and just let the saliva come. it's really still not much more than medium no no it isn't yet, yet it has that harsh yeah. sort of, but it has got a slightly yeah. bitter finish yeah it has slightly bitter it has. finish. oh bless it so in answer <laughs> in, in answer to in answer to your question you you could but it wouldn't necessarily positively impact the potential development of no. the point it's a wine that's not, I don't think, meant to be kept for more than mm. two or three years.
2: I would say out of the three we've tasted today so far, uh, so that was the Pinot Gris, the Viognier from the Northern Rhone, and this little Chardonnay. The one with the most aging potential was the first one, the Pinot Gris. Oh, the Pinot Gris could go on. Absolutely, everything needed. It's got lovely acidity and it's and it's natural acidity. It's got loads of fruit. It's got a bit of residual sugar, which is going to also help keep, it along its keep it, way. Keep Yeah. Um, it's got everything that's needed. Uh, it will change, um, yeah. but uh, and, and maybe and it will become different. And you may have preferred it as it is now, or you may prefer it as it's going to become.
1: But it will last but it forever. it will
2: last life. a long, yes. long time. True.
0: So wine number four, our little bonus round here. Oh, this My is very colour. pale. <laughs> yes,
1: very pale. <laughs> is this water?
0: Have you given us water Kate? No, I haven't. This is a Kenderman's Riesling Spatlaser. Um, so I thought this would be an interesting one just to throw into the mix. First of all, because it's the only non-French wine of the, of the tasting, but also because, um, we don't, we don't tend to see German wines here. And I brought this one back from the UK. I thought it would be an interesting thing. So this is a wine where the fermentation has stopped naturally because the yeast couldn't cope with the sugar. Okay. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. If you think did of it, they make it
2: that way, or did they make it with Reserve which they do sometimes with the Spätlagerers?
0: Yeah, the, yeah, you can. You <clears> can <throat> do. You can do Reserve both with but cabinet they, and with. But this sous- is such a good producer. Yes, I think this. I think this is probably naturally stopped, and then the residual
1: sugar is is
0: is what it is.
2: Oh, isn't that pretty?
1: Mm,
2: wow! It's such a pretty and little perfect wine. Perfect balance
1: between acidity and, and sugar. And a perfect
2: right? yeah. as well for me. Not too sweet.
1: No quite dry mm. a laser.
2: it is quite dry for a spett laser yeah. mm. lovely that's what you never know what you're going to get with a spett laser and a what are they all called now I've forgotten Houslaser yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah well this
1: is late harvest literally yes spett yeah, late yes. yeah. Harvest,
2: absolutely so.
1: they just pick yeah. the optimum ripeness yeah. mm, that's yeah. Yeah. isn't well, it lovely I'm and so food friendly
0: a little bit of the lemon sherbet thing mm. going on yeah no definitely it has mm. but the acidity is I mean it's got Riesling That's stamped um, all over it so you know we were talking before we started recording and I was talking about um, a Claire Valley Riesling that was just so young it was it was mm. virtually impossible to identify yeah, yeah. Um, because it had developed none of the classic yeah. symptoms from, for want of a better word. But this has got Riesling. Rhine Hessen. Ryan Hessen. Okay. Oh, right. Ah, yeah.
2: okay. Because I was thinking to myself, it's got some body here. Yes. Yeah, so warmer. So it's yeah. warmer. Yes. Yeah. So it Certainly doesn't isn't like a Mosel, is no.
0: it? It's, no. It, it. Thank you. It does. It <clears> pops, <throat> doesn't it? it yeah. just It just wakes it your, your taste yeah. buds up. It's yeah. yeah.
1: lovely. Yeah. It's a 2019.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a baby. Wow. Oh, I really like it. I know, A I know. Very
1: racy, yeah. Riesling, you pick yeah. out everywhere. Oh, lovely. Impossible My failure, favourite. I was yeah.
0: And it is, let's nine just and say, half. 9. Flat 9%. Nine. Nine so there you go, fish. You could drink buckets of it and be yeah. none the worse for it. How about that?
2: Mmm. Mm. So that's, you can tell that, that you know, that, that's the residual sugar. And no, it's finishing dry. Yeah. But with yeah. 9% alcohol, there's, there's got to be a decent amount of
0: sugar in there. I think probably nine, <clears throat> 9 to 12 grams, I yeah. think. Yeah. So in, te- in technical terms, it's what? It's medium mm. medium sweet. Yeah.
1: I did a couple of tastings with Ernst Lozen. It was from Dr. Lozen. Oh, I, He's yeah. He's a crazy guy and a lovely lines. producer. And uh, at a big uh, dinner with lots of big wines on the table, he said, "Okay, let's go, let's get all the bottles on the table. We'll drink my cabinet or my lace and then we can go on again. <laughs> we can oh. just start over again. It cleans your palate. Yeah. It's really it's super refreshing. refreshing. Yeah, it and is. It's not a killer at a at a dinner table.
0: No. So there we go. I would say anybody. <laughs> <There is this. laughs> mm. well, you, I do uh,
2: think that that Riesling." Um, German raisings are so underestimated these days by the world that doesn't that thinks oh they're just sweet and horrible. They don't yeah. understand it. They don't. I think yeah. you have to get yeah. you have to be introduced yeah. and be prepared. To, you know to make a bit of an effort, but
0: they're gorgeous. I think this is. I think I don't know who it was that said it, but they absolutely got it right on the money from me. And this is the perfect balance between residual sugar and acidity. Mm-hmm. Mm. They are so well tuned. Mm. Yes, that. You don't even notice mm. the residual sugar because the acidity just washes it away, and it, you're just left with this mm. really delightful, fresh, refreshing mm. um, mm, mouth very <coughs> pretty
2: and, and fresh and light and it's like a little ballerina dancing on your tongue.
0: Okay, Julie. <laughs> <Yeah>. okay.
1: <laughs> okay, let's call her today. No, we'll try, try the Chardonnay and then try that. Oh,
2: okay. Oh, now that'll be a bit of a test. Yeah, Gosh. I don't.
1: What a, it's not nice to go back, I think.
2: Really? No. Chardonnay is very flat now. Yeah. yeah. A mm. bit dumpy and lumpy and plodding and no elegance. And I'm sorry, Chateau Gourguesot, I think you make great wine, but compared to this. Mmm.
0: I think we, we might have to prize the bottle out of Wendy's hand later this evening, because I, I think...
2: Oh, it's so delicate. A little mm. bit of elderflower. It's white blossom. Mm. And, yeah. Blossom. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's horses with courses. You know, if I were to be having tonight uh, a big garlicky chicken with stacks of herbs and things, this poor little spate laser would taste oh, of it would sugar drown. water. It would drown. Yeah. It would just taste of sugar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas the Chardonnay would be going, yeah, come on, bring it on, I can deal yeah, with that.
1: Give me more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right.
0: I think that's that's an interesting <coughs> point. Yeah, the the optimal pairing of mm. weight of wine, weight of food, but yeah, mm. I, I think wines like this, this, this Schbet Laser, I think they're so underrated. Mm. They fly under the radar. Mm. Um, I mean, Marcel and I have had conversations about cabinet before. You know, I think both of, both of us are huge fans of cabinet, mm. but
1: I. My glass is empty. So.
0: There's more. <laughs> There's always more. Um, you know, he and I are both big fans of cabinet and cabinet, even with a little bit of R S. But this really, I'm so pleased I found this, and I so, I'm so pleased I picked this up for tonight.
2: Cheers, cool. Kate. Yeah.
0: Cheers. Thank you very much, well everybody. Yes. Jason. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> Who's ready to eat? Me. Okay. <laughs> Let's eat. <laughs>